This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With over 12 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Now listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hey, everybody. It's Mike and Tony with uh, Financially Tuned Radio. And hey, we've got a unique week here. We've got a unique week. That sounded, that was like, say that five times fast, Tony. (laughs) Unique Uh, week? (laughs) Yeah. That one rolls off the tongue. Hey, this is a good week, though. We've got someone in the office here. We've got Stephen Wood. He is one of the most renowned, most impressive, tallest, perhaps, estate planning attorneys of Ventura County. <laughs> well, that third statement's true. Thanks, Mike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> People often ask you, Stephen, how do you measure yourself against other estate planning attorney attorneys? And I love your answer. By height. By height. Absolutely. <laughs> we had to remove the ceiling panels in our office so we could sit in here. Awesome. Yeah, they made me comfortable here. <laughs> Got my head in the ceiling. But no, this is a good week, though. It's a, you know, we wanted to bring Stephen in so that he could talk about the basics of estate planning. Because look, as a certified financial planner, as a retirement income specialist, what everybody listens to our show every week, and Tony and I were always talking about all the important topics, all the things that you need to be doing to be successful and creating a proper retirement plan. And we've touched on it. We touch on it on occasion that, look, everything is about housekeeping, financial housekeeping. And one of those important things is getting your estate plans in order. A trust, a will, powers of attorney, advanced directive, HIP authorization, blah, 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 blah. We'll let Steve get into all the nitty gritty of it. But the reality is, is when I meet with people, one of my first questions inside of a first meeting is always, do you have your estate planning completed? And look, I can say it myself, guys, not a lot of people have it done. I would say at best, maybe one out of three have it completed. So this is an important thing. I know that this topic is important. I know that it's going to be touching on a lot of our listeners' ears today because I know a lot of you are without it. But hey, without further ado, what are we going to ask Steve and Tony? Special musical guest, Stephen Wood. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so what are we going to ask Stephen? Well, I wanted ask to ask him, him a question him about <laughs> chickens. Uh, but estate planning, Stephen, I bet that you meet with a lot of people who are at a point in their lives, like Mike said, that should have had uh, a legacy plan, an estate plan in place, but don't. You see yeah. that a lot? Oh, Absolutely. It happens all the time. You know, the estate planning is usually the last thing on, on people's lists of things to do. They just don't want to think about it. They don't want to think about their death, their incapacity. People know they have to do it, but they just don't get around to it. You know, procrastination is probably the number one reason why people don't do their estate plan. They just put it off and put it off and put it off. So, you know, it's really important for people just to, to take the time and, and just get it done. You know, it, it can be painless. True that, and they just probably want to get it done before they die. Well, you have to get it done before you die. So I'd I'd like to go (laughs) ahead and circle that on the calendar. Well, yeah, people think, the problem is people think they they might think they're going to live. Oh, I've got plenty of time. Right. But Mm -hmm. you never never know, right? That's the thing. Nobody has a crystal ball. 
I have another yeah. question for you, Stephen, and this is probably the big one, and we can talk about this one for a while today. And I, I think this is a big question a lot of folks out there listening might have, and that's uh, because it's true for myself. My wife and I aren't rich. We don't have tons of money. Uh, mm-hmm. Why do we need a legacy or an estate? Do we need an estate plan or estate planning attorney? Uh, isn't that just for the wealthy? That's fu- That's funny. That was actually going to be my question. So that was a good question, Tony. <laughs> Well, that's a, yeah, that is a good question. So, you know, when people hear the word estate planning, I think they focus on estate and then they think of Oprah Winfrey, you know, up in Montecito, Uh, Oprah's estate. She needs an estate plan, but I don't have an estate. Well, estate just means stuff, planning for your stuff. And so everybody really needs an estate plan. If you don't have an estate plan, the government creates one for you. It's that important that everyone needs one. So if you don't, actually do one, well, then you're on the default plan that the government created. What's, what's the what's the government's plan called? Well, the government's plan, the plan is called court. I mean, at least here in California. So there, let's say there's incapacity. Uh-huh. So if you're driving down the freeway, you get in an accident, you can no longer act for yourself. Now somebody has to go to court and ask a judge to be your decision maker for your finances, for your health care, it's called a conservatorship here in California. Other states, they, they call it a guardianship. Um, and then, of course, at your death, your stuff has to go somewhere. And that goes through what's called probate court. And what probate court is, it's a court-supervised process. So a judge oversees the transfer from the person who died to the people who get the assets um, or just all the stuff. And it sounds simple enough, but it's a very long process. Takes on average about 16 months here in California. Wow. Totally public. So anybody can see what your assets are, what your liabilities are, who gets your stuff. Um, And it's very costly. So on average, uh, let's say for a $500,000 estate, and this is for the gross estate. So they don't even take out liabilities like a mortgage and things like that, but just the gross estate. It's going to be about 12000 in attorney's fees, 12000 in executor fees, and then about one 2000 in court costs. So it's a very costly process. So anybody who has stuff, you know, no matter what amount of stuff they have, um, needs an estate plan to avoid probate. You know, by having a trust, it's a legal alternative to, to, uh, to probate. And also conservatorship, of course, everybody has the the risk of becoming incapacitated at some point in their lives. You know, usually it's it's later in the life with dementia, Alzheimer's, things like that. And because everybody has that risk, everybody needs some sort of plan to avoid the court process of conservatorship. Because the thing about a conservatorship is the judge chooses for you who should be your decision maker. But if you plan ahead, you can choose yourself and you can make it a lot simpler, a lot less costly totally private, um, not subject to public records. So, you know, it's definitely important to, to, to do something. So that's why that was a, that was a long answer. I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> Tony, wake up, Tony. <laughs> yeah, no, are, that's are, good. Are I think, I think that's good. But so what you're saying is we need, uh, an estate plan. There are things we can do to avoid those things. If we have a plan in place, you don't have to go through all that what I like yeah, to call probate. rigmarole. Yeah, the rigmarole. That's right. Yeah. All right. So my, my couple questions then that, that kind of came to mind while you were talking, Steve, mm-hmm. is um, 
So with the conservatorship thing, you said a judge will pick someone to basically make decisions for you if you're incapacitated. So does the judge just pick somebody or can you actually have family members and people in there fighting over who gets the benefit of being in that role? Yeah. So the probate code says that any interested person can ask the court to be your decision maker or your conservator. So uh, that could be a loved one. That could, that's usually going to be a family member. You know, if it's a parent, it'll probably be a child. Um, if it's a spouse, uh, it'll probably be their spouse. And so somebody will go to the court and ask the judge if they can be the decision maker. Now, the problem is, you kind of alluded to this, is if there's, let's say there's two children who want to be their mom's decision maker. Well, now what happens? Well, the, the judge has got to decide which of these children do I choose? And a lot of times, you know, Differences can't be reconciled and, and there's a big battle over who should be the conservator. Jeez. And so an independent third party gets nominated as a conservator. That stuff happens all the time uh, in conservatorship court. So it's a lot easier to um, proactively have a piece of paper in place so that your family doesn't have to have these fights and hassles. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. All right. The other thing you said that I thought was interesting So you had mentioned, hey, what if someone had a $500,000 estate? And so all I thought about when you said that was a house. Yeah. You know, a lot of people in town own real estate, right? A lot of houses here in Ventura County. Mm -hmm. So if you just owned a house, but then you said liabilities don't count. So if you owned a house that was worth $500,000, but you had a mortgage for $450,000 against it, Mm -hmm. and there was no estate plan in place, that'd be a probatable asset? That would. Yeah. It would be a probatable asset. Yeah. There's a, Mm. the probate code kind of goes into, and I won't get into the weeds here, but kind of the order of who gets paid first. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge, huge hassle. So that small inheritance, whatever that equity was in that house could get eaten up pretty darn quickly in the courtroom. Exactly. Oh boy. So it sounds like in comparison, doing a little planning up front is probably a lot simpler and it sounds like probably a lot more affordable. Yeah. So much simpler. You know, the, the thing that I love about doing what I do estate planning is that people come in with like a load of bricks on their back and, and they, they say, Steven, I know I have to do this. Uh, people have been telling me I need a trust or I need a will or, or this or that. Can you just give me some guidance? And and they're kind of scared to meet with an attorney. I, I guess I'm kind of intimidating or attorneys are intimidating. Once they meet me, they're like, oh, okay, okay. They're not intimidating. He's a teddy bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, and then when they walk out of the office, it's like they're walking on air. Like that load of bricks is gone. Well, it's you know, be a good we're, feeling. We're getting it done. So yeah. it's fantastic. Very cool. Hey, let's take a quick commercial break, Tony. Um, hey, if you're listening to this, if you don't have an estate plan in place or you have an old one, and maybe Stephen can talk to us about that. But if you have questions, you need estate planning, give our office a call, 805-500-7035, 805-500-7035. Let's talk about it. Let's get you in contact with Steven. Let's get this going. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back after this. Thanks. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from The Lynn Group by visiting thelingroup.com or calling us at 805-500-7035. 
And welcome back to Financially Tuned with our host, Michael Mansfield of The Lynn Group, and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. And today we have a very special guest, estate planning attorney Stephen Wood is with us, talking to us, explaining exactly what state pl- estate planning is. And in that first segment, uh, you explained that, Stephen, and why we need that. Michael, great show so far, right? Yeah, this is the, <clears throat> we, got, we got three people. It's the triple threat today, so this is good news. But but this is what we do. As I said in the first segment, Tony, the whole point of being a retirement income planner to be a certified financial planner to help people with their retirement goals is good financial housekeeping. And getting your estate planning completed is one of those things. You need this stuff done. I think Steve said in the first segment, it doesn't really matter if you're rich or poor. Maybe the, the dynamicness of the documents changes depending on that. But the reality is everybody needs something because even if you have no money and you don't think you need an estate plan, you still run the risk of bonking your head and getting hurt and needing people to step in and care for you. Isn't that right, Stephen? I shouldn't be talking. You, you should be, you should be <laughs> no, saying no, all this. No, no, you're spot on. I don't want to get sued for giving legal advice you're, on the, the radio. You're doing well. The, um, so let, let's kind of start there. What are a couple of the documents if someone is kind of in that bonked their head status but mm-hmm. still around that they might need? Um, because I think that applies to everybody. It doesn't matter if you live in a house, live in a car. Yeah. If, if you get hurt and can't take care of yourself, what are the things that we need to put together with Stephen Wood in order to, to be okay? Well, I guess let's start with trust or living trust or okay. sometimes people call it a revocable living trust. So the trust is like the heart of your estate plan or it's like a super will. So the trust is at its most basic level. What it does is it says where all of your stuff goes okay. when you die. And talking about incapacity, who should manage the assets in your trust if you were to become incapacitated? So the trust has three key players. There's number one, the grantor or the trustor or the settlor. Um, That's the first key player, and that's the person who sets up the trust. Okay. So they set up the trust. They write the terms of it. They put their assets into the trust, so their home. Uh, Let's say if it's my trust, Stephen Wood, it goes from Stephen Wood to the Wood Trust, um, my accounts, my non-retirement accounts, not retirement accounts, my non-retirement accounts go from Stephen Wood to the Stephen Wood Trust. And then the second key player is the trustee. Now, the trustee is the manager of the trust, so they manage the assets in the trust. So if I become incapacitated, I name somebody a successor trustee, and that person comes in, and they manage the assets on the trust. Uh, they manage the assets in the trust and upon my death, the successor trustee steps in, they manage the assets and they distribute those assets to the third key player. That's the beneficiary. So the beneficiary is the one who benefits from the assets in the trust. So when I set my trust up, I'm the grantor, I'm the trustee, I manage my own assets. I'm also the beneficiary. So I'm wearing all three hats while I have capacity, while I'm okay, it's business as usual. There's no change in the way that I manage my own assets. My, my taxes don't change. I wish they would go down, but they don't. <laughs> they stay the same. And uh, that's, that's the trust at its most basic level right there. Very cool. Well, I guess for, for clarity, the one thing that kind of popped up in my mind is you, you were talking about, hey, the trust is this valid document while someone's alive, but they can't take care of themselves. So then that next successor trustee comes in to manage their affairs. Mm-hmm. How is that different than like a power of attorney for great. financial matters? Yeah. So great question. So a, a financial 
power of attorney or durable power of attorney, um, that is that is where you name what's called an agent or an attorney, in fact, to manage your assets that are outside of the trust, such as retirement accounts. So oh. I mentioned non-retirement accounts go into the trust. Retirement accounts don't go into the trust per IRS rules and other things. Um, but the agent can manage your retirement accounts. Um, they can sign tax returns for you. Um, they would manage any accounts you forgot to put into your trust. So let's say if you forgot to put your checking account into the trust, your agent under the power of attorney can manage, can access that, that account. Um, your social security benefits, your pension, um, that's what the agent does in your power of attorney. So even though you have a trust, you, you definitely still need a power of attorney. So it sounds like they, it's kind of the, the catch-all. Everybody, you know, the trust assets are covered, the retirement accounts are covered, mm-hmm. the non-trust assets. So those two documents really make sure that all your financial assets have somebody assigned to them if there's a problem. Yeah, if you become incapacitated. Now, upon just a quick thing here about retirement accounts and, uh, and other assets such as annuities or life insurance that does not go into the trust necessarily is that um, those have beneficiary designation forms. So if you're talking about where those assets go when you die, you know, the trust takes care of the trust assets, but everything else is controlled by that beneficiary designation form mm-hmm. that you see all the time. Right, Mike? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I know Mike, he always goes over that with his clients, make sure it's properly filled out because I can't tell you the amount of times I've had people come to me with an old 401k or something from their employer. Um, that is, was definitely not a referral from Mike and, uh, just got to throw that in there for sure. Um, and they, they have not filled out their, their, their beneficiary designation forms, or they, let's say they were divorced like five years ago and their ex spouse is still listed as a beneficiary. Um, so those types of things you got to, Definitely update too. So we work with our clients on that. <laughs> That's funny. Now we see that stuff all the time. And then we even take it to the next level and we have the wild per stirpes conversation with people when we're filling out <laughs> benedif- beneficiary designations, you know, bloodline distribution. There's a lot to think about with, with beneficiaries. You know, I guess one of my thoughts though, when you were talking is what about, what about bank accounts? Cause I think mm-hmm. bank accounts these days allow you to put like a payable on death on the account. Yeah. How would that measure up against putting it in the trust. So a pay on death transfer, I, I like to think of it, it's like a bandaid. Mm-hmm. So it's good. I mean, if you say, let's say Stephen Wood, I, I name my daughter as beneficiary of my savings account. So what that means is when I die, that will go to my daughter. It's a pay on death or transfer on death without probate and court involvement. Sure. Now all works well if my daughter survives me. So if she predeceases me, meaning if she dies before me, well, then it will go through probate. Or let's say if she's a minor, uh, then I wouldn't want to just name her as a pay on death beneficiary because I don't want it to go to her when she's a minor or when she's 18. Um, Or let's say if she's, she's she becomes disabled or if she's in a problem marriage or if she has trouble with creditors um, or financial predators, you know, whatever it is, um, there, there's definitely better ways to plan. Yeah. You know, it's a good way. It's definitely not the best way. And I think when you're planning for something this important, you got to do it the best way. So maybe something is better than nothing, but using the trust gives you a lot more flexibility and protection. It sounds like. Yeah. Flexibility um, protection and very cool. 
Exactly. Well, hey, we're having a good conversation here about estate planning with Stephen Wood, a, a local, very successful, very tall, very handsome estate planning attorney. <laughs> um, certainly not a face for radio, as, as they as they reference Tony yeah. and myself. Glad I'm hiding behind. Um, but hey, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. But if you have questions, if you want to call our office, 805-500-7035. If you want to get in, talk estate planning with us, with Stephen Wood, give us a call, 805-500-7035. We will be right back in a moment. When it comes to investing, it's helpful to have a financial professional on your side, one to help you organize your assets and gain an understanding of the pros and cons of any financial decision. At The Lind Group, we work with you to help attain your goals and provide advice to help minimize the hazards you may face. Give our office a call at 805-500-7035 or visit us online at thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. And welcome back to Financially Tuned with our host, Michael Mansfield of The Lynn Group. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and our extra special guest today is estate planning attorney, Stephen Wood. Stephen, great uh, talking to you today. Michael, you've had some great questions for Stephen. So where do we go from here? We've talked about uh, trusts. And we've talked about uh, what estate planning is, basically. Uh, Michael, I know you have some more questions for Stephen, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and that, that's why I love getting in front of uh, any attorney where where I'm not being charged so I can ask a lot of questions <laughs> and, and fill, fill my brain with information here. This is good stuff. The um, I, I guess if we kind of venture down the line, so we were talking about a trust. So if you have a trust... What is the point of the will? Because I, I like to watch movies on the weekend. I feel like it's always the will they talk about. You know, they sit yeah. in front of the fancy attorney in front of the mahogany cabinets. Um, and and the attorney reads the will to the you know survivor and the girlfriend. Yeah. So when you have a trust um, and just for, for starters, you should have a trust if you own real property. Or if you don't own real property, if you have over $150,000 in assets, because that's the threshold limit for probate. If you have under, let's say if you just have a bank account worth 50,000, that's all you have. Well, there's not going to be a probate. It's a, it's called a small estate affidavit that takes care of that. Um, or you could just have a will and you avoid probate. But if you have over that will or no will, you go through probate. So the, the one of the main goals of a trust is to avoid probate. Um, so that's when we would have a trust to avoid probate. Um, so if you have a trust, you will also have a will. And what the will does is it takes assets that you've left outside of your trust that don't have joint tenancy or, or a transfer on death designation. And it pours those assets into your trust. So it's like a safety net there that takes those assets, puts them back into the trust. Um, if the asset that you left outside of the trust um, so, for example, if you have Joe who has a $160,000 savings account, forgot to put it into his trust, then a probate will be required to get that asset to the trust. The poor of a will st still gets that asset and puts it into the trust, but a probate's required to do that. Ouch. Or a less formal um, petition called a Hegstead petition. That might be an option, too. So Interesting. All right, now I gotta, you know, I got, I need you to pull out your crystal ball and look into the future. So, <laughs> okay. so last December, so I'm a yeah. big tax person. I like taxes. I like cash flow. I'm, I'm always dealing with that stuff. Government changes tax laws last year, or you know, and 
a part of that conversation was the estate tax limits. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me those limits are pretty high at the moment. They are 11.2 million per person. Right. So you've got basically the better part of $22 million or under, you don't really have a major, we'll say a state tax issue specifically. Wasn't, wasn't a state taxes like the big driving force of why we think estate planning was complicated in the good old days? Yeah, I, I would say so. That was uh, one of the big ways that attorneys would get clients in the door was say, well, come in and do a trust so you can avoid the estate tax. You know, back in the early 2000s, late 90s, we had a 600,000, went up to a million and slowly went up from there. With the fiscal cliff, it went up to $5 million, Then it went up again, like you're saying, up to $11.2 million. Um, Do you want me to go over what the estate tax even is? Yeah, why don't you touch on it real quick. We're, yeah. we're, we're running out of time here, but let's power through some stuff. Okay, got it. So the estate tax or death tax, it's a transfer tax. So what that means is it's a tax on money you give away when you die. It's kind of a funky tax because usually you're taxed on money you earn. Not this tax. It's tax you give away. And if you give away at your death more than the estate tax exemption amount, which it, right now we are mentioning $11.2 million, then the amount over is taxed at 40%. Wow. Uh, so that is the estate tax. If you're married, you can double up on the exemptions. It's called portability to 11.2 to 22.4 million. So there's a big wide berth for a lot of normal people here to not have to pay estate tax at this point. That's right. Who knows what's going to happen? My crystal ball is a, a little cloudy. I, I don't know. It's tough though, because you, you <laughs> maybe, maybe estate planning is easier right now in a sense because the birth is so wide, but if it drops back down, does that mean that everybody needs a new revised trust or something like that? Well, not necessarily. I mean, if, if you're below the exemption amounts and you're okay, but, um, you know, if, if your estate is now above the exemption amount, then yeah, you will have to do more planning. <laughs> well, that's a good problem to have. I would imagine. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're almost out of time. Yeah, I know. Don't be a party pooper, Tony. <laughs> but, yeah, um, but Hey, we've been talking about estate planning here with Stephen Wood. Um, local Ventura County estate planning attorney. I think he's giving given us a lot of good information today. Obviously, I think the takeaway that we can all say is, is you need to get your estate planning completed. It doesn't matter if you think you have no money and you're not worthy of it or if you're the mass affluent. The, the reason is, is everybody's susceptible to bonking their head and getting hurt and becoming incapacitated. You need these things in place. You need to put the people in place that you trust, you love, that you want to make decisions for you. Give our office a call, 805-500-7035. We'd love to chat with you about your estate planning. If you have outdated estate planning, as Stephen was saying, the laws have changed so much in the last number of years, the stuff you have is probably garbage, let's be fair. So you got to get it updated. So give us a call, 805-500-7035. We love all our listeners. We hope everybody has a great weekend, and we will be back the same time, same place next week. So have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com.
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and the Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 